welcome to the BMP Boxing Now podcast. I am your host, that dude named Dave, and sitting to my left of my right hand man, Jorge. What's going on again, Dave? Good to see you, man. How's good, everything going? Good to see you, man. Uh, we're going to talk a little about Jerron Enos today. We're going to talk a little bit about Joe Smith. Uh, I think we might backtrack on a, a past episode about TFM Lopez fans. But before we get into that here, I want to tell everybody to click on like and subscribe. Hit the bell notification below on YouTube. Hey, we are getting some new fans, new subscribers. So shout out to y'all, the 25 new subscribers on YouTube. Thank y'all. Go ahead and post, comment. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you don't like about the show. We'll make it better. Okay. We're also on all audio podcasts apple and spotify shout out to all the apple listeners too as well for all the listens that we're getting on here so bmp boxing now podcast also too one more last thing our affiliate on the zingo tv app we're on channel 249 and 250 on spanglish sports world so shout out to eduardo eduardo got a new channel man how can you tell us about that we gotta talk man got three channels now so they're doing big things over there in spanglish sports world there so jorge how's your week been week's been good how the been uh, so been out in uh, Domino World there playing uh, playing my games and stuff. Had a tournament that I attended on a on a Friday. Uh, well, partnered up with my co-host and uh, took it down. Uh, mm. well, well, so basically, uh, so I am uh, the the inner circle of Domino players that I play with. Uh, we all made it to the final table. So we split the money four ways. But then we partner. You know, we always said, you know, for bragging rights, let's go ahead up. And sure enough, uh, me and my uh, co-host took it down. Came out on top. Okay, cool, man. Hmm. I need to get into Domino's, man. Uh, I, you've been talking about it for a hot minute. You got the podcast doing that there. I ain't played Domino's since my family in Michigan, and we used to get the bones going all the time, some bidwits and some spades. So I need to holler at you so I can get uh, get off the rusty schneid here. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, the game the game's interesting when you play with partners and stuff. There's a uh, there's it's, it's got a uh, if you if you played enough poker, enough Texas Hold'em and stuff, it's got a uh, there's some strategy to it. There's uh, definitely a lot of deception, a lot of t- you know. Things you have to figure out with certain players and stuff, tendencies and everything. So it's a uh, mm-hmm. it's a good game. It's a good game. A lot of fun. Very challenging, especially if you get the right mix of players and stuff. Uh, always, you know, anytime it's competitive, it's a blast. Okay. Also, too, I almost forgot. So I just want to say a shout out. Not really a shout out, but a rest in peace to DMX. He passed away on Friday. Uh, he's had a rough uh, going last so, several years, but also I say a hip hop icon, and not just hip hop icon. His music is some of the best ring walks for boxers. Um, I've been checking out a lot of different uh, old fights, especially with Tyson's very first fight out of jail in 1999. And he was coming to the ring and all you heard is those bells. Doom, doom. And even then I was just like, Mike Tyson coming to some scary music. <laughs> oh my God. DMX. He, I mean, he wasn't the greatest rapper, but he just had that spirit, that emotion, and he had music for boxers. So I'm actually looking forward to like the rest of this year to see how many boxers pay tribute to DMX and see um, what songs they uh they're gonna do ring walks to. But if you're a boxer and you're looking for a song to get you amped up, all you gotta do is go through the first couple of DMX albums. Actually, just the first album is dark and hell is hot. And if you're a fighter, D is X is gonna get you amped. To whoop some ass. That, that was some <laughs> great morning music, right? If you if you, you were never a morning person and stuff, but you needed kind of like that amped up music and stuff, kind of like that mental caffeine before you had that uh that coffee on you. That's exactly what it was with DMX, man. Just raw and emotion. Not the greatest rapper in the world, but not the greatest lyricist. But man, it was it was good. He yeah. knew how to turn out a party. I I mean, anybody mm-hmm. that talks about DMX putting out a show, he knew how to put on a show. Man, and for me for DMX, I don't want to go too long about X, but he came out right in my senior year in high school, like when I was really into him, like he was building and building, of course, first year, years by that. But he didn't blow till he's 27. I remember I was 17 and literally my first couple of years in college, man, hit the soundtrack, which is especially freshman year, dark as hell is hot and flesh of my flesh. Oh, my God. Especially songs like Slippin'. Uh, man, he, he he had he had hits and was uh, I thought he was really doing really good because they did the versus battle with him and Snoop. Uh, several months back and he was fat and i was like yo this is good you know for someone who's had drug ba- problems like that and to see how fat he was i was like okay he's actually healthy right now you know but you know his his demons caught up to him he had a heart attack and um people were hoping for him i just know from my father how you know how he had his heart attack and they said he was out from like 30 minutes to an hour so the fact that they brought him back 
and if he was alive for a few more days for his family, you know, his kids to say their final goodbyes. So I just wanted to say that about DMX because he is someone who I rocked with heavy, like his movies, his music, everything, especially within the world of boxing. So, man, rest in peace to DMX. I, I actually liked his acting career. He was actually uh, pretty good in a few movies that, I mean, I mean, if you look at him, I mean, probably, I won't say cheesy and stuff. I mean, any, any movie he does with Steven Seagal is going to be kind of cheesy. Oh, yeah, because Seagal but, can't but, act, but, yeah. but the role he played was good, though. Right, I mean, that I can rock. I can rock with the role that he played. He played right. it well. I was talking to a few people, and I'm like, "Yeah, he's not the best actor, but he played the role that was right." And also, when you think about it from his, his movie standpoint, he was probably, if not the biggest star in the world, for like a four or five year period. When mm-hmm. you think about it, because every his first five albums went number one. Yeah, his first two albums went number one in the same year. He's the only hip hop artist to drop two albums within the same year and go number one. You know, so and in his movie career, like Romeo Must Die with yeah, Aaliyah, Aaliyah yeah. I mean, and actually Anthony, that's one of Anthony Anderson's first major roles. He's been yeah. acting for a while, but he was a young Anthony Anderson in that one. Like you said, the Steven Seagal movies. Yeah, with Jet Li. Yeah, was in the, movie. yeah Jet Li was in Romeo Must Die. And then, of course, he um, he had, like I said, the movie with Tom Arnold with Jet Li. In that one. Tom Arnold, I think it was Steven Seagal. I, Steven Seagal's a different movie, I believe. Couple, he, they, they did I that. forget the name of the title, yeah. stuff, but, but, but it was one that's fresh in my head because it it was uh basically he was out of character he what was his name um that was also on the uh, rough riders label and stuff talk uh, about dragon yeah Drag- yeah yeah dragon was on there as well he yeah he, he, he did a couple movies with him yeah exactly yep matter of fact you know what though there was another movie that dmx did with dragon and with gabrielle union where they were like jewel thieves and he was like I think trying the to... belly or something was it? no no belly's the first one belly's the hood class that was, no, the hood. Belly was a hood class yeah yes. that, was, that came out in 99 but there was a movie he did with gabrielle union and dragon and he was trying to save his daughter and like jewel thieves i can't remember i i, I mean that I, I actually like i don't know i can't remember the name of that one but the best movie for me was belly because that was my freshman year in college and this is me really jogging my memory here about old school here i remember my freshman year and i drove to blockbuster video to rent it the vhs cassette i remember i went early on a tuesday because tuesdays were the days of the new stuff dropped mm-hmm. and i had an early class day i went there like i was at 1005 and cop belly and watched that so <laughs> love belly yeah I had, I had the soundtrack that album was actually really good the soundtrack like they're like every every track on there was good i now remember her name is uh mendez that was also on that movie with Seagal and Oh, yeah, Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, wow. A young man. Eva Mendes at the time. Yeah, Early man. in her career as well, so that's another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, man. So, man, he was only 52. So, rest in peace, X, man. The fact that, you know, to have the career that he had and the, he was humble, how humble he was. Oh, one last thing, too. I have seen X in concert. It really shaped me. Uh, it was the um, uh, Hard Knock Life Tour. Mm-hmm. Method Man and Red Man opened up. Then it was DMX. Then it was Jay-Z. And just to let people know who was actually there at that concert, if you know that tour from 1999 to 2000, Method Man and Red Man killed the show so much. You could just left at, at that point. And I actually went to the show and Red Man got stuck in the Raptors when he was hanging off the <laughs> that ceiling. Like Method Man, you yeah. know, so if you Google that, I was actually at that show with my cousin. And then after they performed, DMS came and did his prayer and just smashed it. X killed it so hard that when Jay-Z came out, I, I, was, I, I, I didn't rock with Jay-Z that night. Jay-Z was so far down his energy, everybody's ready to go home. Yeah, I mean, Method Man, <laughs> that, uh, Method Man and Red Man were at the time I mean, notorious. I mean, I mean, Method Man was rocking with Wu-Tang at the time, but I mean, so did Red Man as well, and they rocked on their own shit together, and they were they were good. No, they mm-hmm. were good together and stuff. I mean, their album was actually excellent. Anything they've ever done together, video-wise, any, any, any collaborations on an album, excellent. Mm-hmm. Always excellent stuff, so I'm not surprised that they hyped up the crowd that good that by the time dmx gets there i mean jay-z gets in there last and it's it was to me it's a letdown I, it, I, I, it was so up i mean like meth man and red man came and it was just like this and it was just straight energy and then by the time that you were done like man he's like yeah you know you could have let you're like oh my god and then x came and he did like and i was like oh my god it was just lighters up blunts were getting lit up and, the, and, the, and it was at the i think it's still the all-state back then um where uh where we went to and then it was if like two almost two and a half hours of this straight energy with meth red and dmx then when jay-z came you know it's the hard rock life tour this volume two album so he didn't have those hits like that that, were that were like, like that yeah you know because x was just running around the stage and he took his shirt off and you know it, it was like my dog it yeah. was it was just on and jay-z you know it's like <laughs> you know like you know big yeah he comes back let them the mellows down he goes was, it was, big, goes it was set on volume two and it's not it's not as amped up as right we have big pimping you know and that's cool you know but when X is doing what type of games getting 
play was going on. You know, I was like, man, everybody just lost it. So dope live performer, dope actor, uh, dope person. Like I said, he had his problems, but he never lied about it. He he showed you who he was. Yep. He knew he was fighting and battling. And even when he had his issues, he come back. But unfortunately, you know, um, you know, it's, it's the end. You know, we all have our time clock. So rest in peace to DMX, man. Yeah, rest in peace. And, and I want to give a shout out to one of my friends, one of my good friends I grew up with, Will. He he sent out in a group text. <laughs> a So if you, you'll find on YouTube all sorts of different uh, mixed videos and stuff, a lot of meme themes and stuff like that. So he sent me the reading rainbow DMX <laughs> combo. And I, I and I'm like, dude, too, everyone knows it's too soon, but it's like it was oh. you could have helped us. So I'm like, you know what? Let me listen to this. I, I forget it. I, mean, I love I, no, that's the best thing about X. I keep saying we're dumb, but if you get a chance, Google him um singing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> yeah, he, he's at the radio station in New York. I think it's the Breakfast Club or uh, Power 105. And then he starts, you know, what? And he gets the beat, like, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. What? Yep. A, oh, man. If you get a chance, pull that up. It's a it's a one minute of, man, you just can't help but smile. <laughs> Reading rainbow. Talk is cheap, mother. <laughs> so, rest in peace, DMX. Rest so, in peace. so now we're going to get into some real boxing stuff here. Uh, oh, yeah, real fast. Shout Once again, thank you to the new fans. 25 new subscribers on YouTube. I mentioned at the beginning, but we see you on here. Thank you very much. Same, you. same thing for the Apple listeners as well. So with that in mind, we had some fights this weekend. Yes, we did. Uh, two different two fights happened. Yeah. Uh, ESPN one, and Showtime had fights. Yeah, uh, let's cover. This This should be real quick. Let's cover this one here. Joe Smith versus uh, Vlasov. Yeah, Joe Smith, man. Uh Talk about someone who I thought was going to have a bigger career, but luckily enough, though, that he's still around and he's getting his roses right now. He's the man who retired Bernard Hopkins. I wish I would have queued it up, but uh, I don't want to get killed with some YouTube copyrights. Maybe maybe another uh, episode. Another episode. We yeah, that. but uh, it was about good, like four and a half years ago, give or take. He fought Bernard Hopkins, and he didn't just beat Bernard Hopkins. He not only just knocked Bernard Hopkins out, he knocked his ass out the ring through the second rope into the table, into the TV, and landed on his neck on the floor to ended his career. Yeah, Hopkins went out on his shield, literally. Literally. Out the ring. Oh, my God. And, like, you, is it me or that whenever you see all-time greats go, they normally get beat by not a great guy. It's always a guy that's a decent fighter, but they never take that next step up. You know, so to see Joe Smith win a title this weekend, you know, like, oh, man, you know, it's like, OK, kind of happy for him because you don't want to see that. You, you, you see Bernard Hopkins like you don't see him lose to just anybody, you know? Yeah, that kind of reminded me of uh, what's the other now that we're talking about fight fight scenarios like that. Uh, Alfonso Gomez and uh, Gotti. Okay, yeah, that, that's, a, that's very similar. Well, that was Gotti's last fight. Yeah, and, yeah. When Gotti and, went, and yeah. Gomez was just coming up on uh, HBO, I remember yeah. they was trying to pump Gomez up, and he had his issues too. He got he had he got his first loss, and that was it for him, wasn't it? Was, it? Um, yep. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I, man, I'm glad you on this show. I forgot about that one. Yep. Oh Lord, but Joe Smith, a one, I wouldn't say it's controversial, but a debatable split decision. It was, it's it not was, controversial; it's debatable. Well, the majority decision, the one fight, one judge had it a draw, and stuff. So here, mm -hmm. here's here's my take. Right, because I didn't get a chance to watch the fight the day of, but I get a chance to watch it today. And I, I, I at first first glance, first rip through it, I thought Vlasov won. I thought Vlasov won the fight. Okay. And, and, and here and here's and here and here's where I think you'll probably agree with me on this: ring generalship. Mm -hmm. When you're basically fighting your your style, your pace, ninety percent of the fight, eighty percent of the fight, I, I I think to some extent you should deserve to win more rounds that seem a little bit closer. When you got when you got Smith already cutting his eye uh, by the third round, and basically you are drawing and you're basically drawing and countering, and you're going aggressive to the fighter. Mm -hmm. And Smith's a bigger guy. Let's not kid a guy. Smith is the bigger guy, but Lasso was the more active fighter. Way more active fighter, yeah. And it, I, I thought Vlasov won that fight, like two rounds at least. I thought like a 116, 114, 113, I think maybe 115, 113 at the least, but no, definitely a, the draw, the worst case scenario. I didn't think for mm -hmm. one second he lost that fight. And I look, I think for two rounds, Smith had him, Smith almost knocked him down, I think in the, the fifth or sixth round, if I'm not mistaken. And then the other half of the fight, so the first half of the fight, he got one chance to knock him out, and then the second half, he had another chance to do it. But he, he looked out of shape. He looked winded after he would spend all his energy trying to knock him out. Mm -hmm. And I thought Vlasov won the fight. That's what I think. Uh, so I, I think home, you know, we talked about it in our pre-meeting. I think home field advantage uh, played a case in this. Yeah. 
Um, how, how do I really want to state this here? Um, like I said, there's rounds that I go back and forth on that I can see Smith winning. And then I go back and I see uh, the other guy winning, you know, it was, it, it was, it was really, really tough to gauge. And like you said, ring generalship does matter a lot. I, I, I value that a lot, actually, mm-hmm. you know, like this is your style. Then you dictate your pace. And then from there, then how are the punches landing and block from there? Like, the dance is set by the style of whoever dictates, you know, the, the show basically, yep. you know, so I agree with you on that. You know, it's, it's one of those fights where that, you know, uh, if they gave it to the other cat I'm like, okay, he got it. And Joe Smith got it. Like, okay, I'm not mad. You know, sometimes we have fights like that, that you, you know, one side could see it one way and the other side see it the other way. And there's times where like, literally I could watch it tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, Joe Smith probably lost 115 to 113. I would not be shocked if it was a draw at 114-14. I would not be mad at that as well. So, you know, I mean, I was more focused on the other fight. Like, I literally wanted to watch that other fight. So when I was watching this one, I can tell that I was a little off. I was happy for Joe, but I was I really wanted to watch the other fight. Yeah, personally. For, 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 so this fight, it actually was a lot more entertaining than maybe I expected and stuff. All True. 12 rounds. It was, were, it was entertaining. There was I'll... a lot of action all 12 rounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was there was no... Uh, layoff period there was no round where you know they're both taking it off or one was taking one round off or vice versa now they they you know of last off pressed the action all 12 rounds that's kind of the reason why i'm like you know what i think he, he should have won the fight he it was his style his pace and mm-hmm. there i mean outside of maybe two rounds i didn't i mean smith didn't do enough for me to change the the uh the complexion of the fight i thought it was last off the whole way so i was uh, looking for something to so, see who's green with you here and bad left hook actually had it 117 111 yeah last yeah and yeah. that and that's and that because when you were saying that i literally wanted to look that up really fast like wait a minute who else felt jorge the way that you were saying ward you know? had it 114 were 114 on the fight during mm-hmm. fight night or the, the on the broadcast booth uh espn on the site themselves had a 115 113 for the last off so i i think if you look around uh the boxing forums and stuff i i, I hardly be hard pressed to find anybody who thought Smith won that fight. Not, not, not hard. Yeah, like I said, I if like I said, if someone said one fifteen, one thirteen, and they showed me the rounds, I'd be like, eh, okay, I'm not gonna fight you on it. You know, it was like that. But if someone said one sixteen, one twelve, I was like, hell no, no eight rounds, no. I can see six six. I can, you know, like that. But shout out to Joe Smith, he got a title now. Uh, you know, uh, good for him and stuff. But I, 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 I the, sucks the, for Vlasco. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth as a boxing fan and stuff. Because at the end of the day, I mean, when you walk away watching an action-packed fight and stuff, and you see the fight one, when your eyes sell you one thing, and you see and you get the result, you're a complete other. leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So I would say, I, I honestly, I'd, I'd hope they rematch it right away or something because I, I thought Vlasco deserved uh, that fight. And I think Joe Smith for his career, or at least to raise any doubts uh needs to probably have to give him the rematch has to do it mm. what you say has to and want to is going to two different things that is yeah. not it this this is the let, let me let me put you on game jorge i thought we we've been doing this one too many times here this is boxing there is not no run back for a dude named vlasco <laughs> this, this, is, this is espn this is top rank using espn plus there is no running back for a dude named vlasco i'm sorry and I know I mispronounced his name. I'm I'm being you, bogus you, on purpose. You're butchering names on purpose. They, they I did it on. Know why? Because this is this is Norman boxing. He's yeah. not a name. I know he, is, he is not a guy that's affiliated with a high power broker promoter who's been putting all his money to him, saying that we're gonna run this back. No, Bob Aaron ain't gonna run this dude back. There's it, no money in this. There is no money for ESPN or agree, Bob Aaron. No, agree, uh, so agree. I understand. Like, yeah, like he should get. You know, should shoulda woulda coulda. You know, but it's the boxing game, man. You fight hard and valiant, but you know what though? Your ass on the next plane ticket back home, you lose. Uh, I think moving <laughs> forward with Joe Smith and stuff, right? If he ain't giving him a rematch and stuff, uh, questionable guy moving forward to me. Well, no, because he got bigger fish to fry. That's how it goes. Even if it's debatable, you keep it moving, baby. K I M. Yeah, well, keep it moving, and he'll. And and what's keeping it moving is a possible unification fight. And uh, he'll lose that one. You know, so uh, was it Arthur Betterbeef? Yeah. yeah, he has the was it the IBF and the was it WBC belt as well. Yeah, and so Joseph had the WBO belt, so they're already talking the fact that they you know he just fought recently and they ain't got no other plans right now. One seventy five is not a hot division, you know. It's kind of reestablished itself again. Canelo dipped in and dipped out, you know. He won that belt and today I'm back to one sixty eight. Mm-hmm. So it looks like um, 
Bob Arum is going to go ahead and say, hey, we're going to run this unification fight. So you literally could have uh, a three belt holder in light heavy before the end of the year because it's only April right now. They're already talking about running this back. I'm like, not running back, but him uh, fighting next four or five months possibly espn is very interested in this unification fight yeah they're interested in the unification fight uh we'll, we'll see like i said we'll see when it comes up and stuff I, I think it's one of those things where joe smith came out of here a little bit more impressive i'd be more amped up for the fight after uh, mm -hmm. this fight i i'm feeling arthur beats him. oh yeah <laughs> he i think he's the better light heavyweight anyway you know um yeah he had a hard fight was it a two weeks ago he fought two saturdays yeah ago? More, more, like, more more like a rust uh trying to get the rust out type of yeah, fight you so, know. so so that's where the challenge kind of light in and stuff and i think he maybe kind of took a foot off the gas a little bit on purpose to get some rounds in and stuff he didn't feel like he was uh in any danger of losing that fight and you can see during that fight he wasn't he was comfortable he was comfortable in the situation so let's just say the last half of that fight was more of a sparring match yeah so uh we'll see when espn wants to uh set up this major unification fight some unifications in the, in the pipeline this year but um yeah shout out to joe smith uh you can see how enthusiastic i am about that fight uh, well, <laughs> well, I, I, said, I wanted I, to be i wanted to be more enthusiastic about the unification fight if he actually came out and did a, a better job winning that fight made a more convincing argument other than that it's like uh you didn't so to me if you're not running that rematch yeah. all right just hope you're happy to hold the belt for another couple months and then poof gone bye so at least that Hopkins not retiring to a guy who never won a title. <laughs> That's why I look at it. I just I just don't want to see a great and then like who did who did he lost? He's like Joe. Who the hell is Joe Smith? And, 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 and then he's like, and you look as oh Joe Smith was a former title. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I don't want to see dude get knocked out the ring by by nobody. Man. Yeah, well, 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 this is the thing, right? So when you got knocked out by Long uh, Island's own first one, he's not a nobody. So shout out to my Long Island cats in New York. So I didn't want to disrespect y'all. Yeah, good thing you did that. Yeah, yeah, You're I got to go. To, I'm going to New York soon, so I just don't want my people in NY. Like, wait no, for him at the plane. Wait for him at the gate. It'd be like, hey, yo, we just lost D. You know, Chicago about to lose you, Dave. I'm like, hey, okay. You know, <laughs> so I don't want to disrespect my Long Island people. But. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, because Smith didn't give a good, <laughs> good convincing fight and stuff, so I, I, it's hard for me to get anthem for a unification unification fight. That you know, now I feel like it's gonna be more one sided at this point. So, mm. you know, I, so like I said, either run it back or you're basically holding the boat for a month or two. He's not running it back. <laughs> I'm saying either run it back or just hold the bell for a couple months and then lose it. That's it. Well, A is out the door. Then B is going to happen. <laughs> so let's go to the next fight that I was actually excited about because it's the welterweight division. We love the glamour division in the welterweights, you know, and this is Jerron Enos coming out party, man. Plain and simple. Um, if you, I'm actually going to post this in the edited video so you can probably see. Uh, I actually wanted, back in December when we first started doing our podcast, I had him as my prospect of the year. You know, um, did get a chance to watch a lot of him up to that point, you know, because the world, you know, he's under Al Heyman stable to a degree and he hasn't had the, the step of fights you see on normal TV for an up coming guy has. But he showcased and showed out Saturday night. He put, was a Lipinets? I mm -hmm. can I can never really pronounce his name. Sergey Lipinets. Sergey Lipinets. He is a guy who, uh, former 140 pound title holder, um, and also is a guy whose only loss was to Mikey Garcia. So if you think about a guy who's battle tested, he's a you know someone that guys don't want to fight. You know, like he's not a champion. He's that guy right in the cusp that on a bad night he could beat a champion. You know, mm. and Jerron just said no. <laughs> you ain't even in my league, son. Stop them in the sixth round. Every round was a showcase for Jerron. I mean, the first round with the fill out round went to the body. Second round started head hunting a little bit, you know, giving a little taste of different combinations. Third round started a little adding more pepper to his punches, started putting, you know, really stepping into his, his shots. Fourth round came was like, all right, time to put this guy away. He started throwing combinations in bunches. He started putting his foot on the pedal. Fifth round came, went to straight southpaw. Sixth round, cancel Christmas, man. So I just had to do a quick rundown of the fight. But what do you think about Jerron Enos, man? Uh, he is a bigger Crawford. He's basically where, where Crawford probably ends up in his career, maybe finishing off a super a junior middleweight, junior welterweight. I mean, junior middleweight, my fault. And then I think uh, Enos probably ends up probably finishing his career somewhere in middleweight and stuff because he came in looking pretty big, looking pretty huge. Man, uh, didn't good. he look huge? He wow. looked like he belonged at 154 already. Wow. Um, so he, Maybe 160. I mean, like, he, I know he hydrated. I He looked like close to 160. That was, you know, he was big. Yeah, he was a guy like Paul Williams-type activity with a definitely a Crawford 
type style of fighting and stuff. And I say Crawford type because he basically switched stance on him multiple times. And yeah. and, and and I was really more impressed that so his footwork was great. I mean, he, he looks like he's fighting from long range. All his punches are coming from long range, but you see where a lot of his footing was at. And they ended up being really more medium range punches and stuff. And you see a lot of what you call like what I would see like uppercut, like hook uppercut types. Mm-hmm. He's basically trying to hit an angle. He's not trying to hit a, a straight hook going across horizontally. He's not trying to go with an uppercut going, uh, you know, vertically down up. He's basically saying, I'm going to come at you at this angle. And it's basically a hook uppercut. And he was able to do it on both hands, switching stances on top of it all. And they look long, but they're not that long. They're actually just within his range where his power's at. Great, short, crisp punches. His medium range punches were dead on perfect. So mm-hmm. that 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 third round was excellent. That fourth round was a masterpiece of a combination of power punches while switching. I mean, it was excellent. So I definitely am I'm high on him. I just don't know what's gonna happen with the welterweight division because right now it's a, it's a little stagnant right now. We, you know, outside of Pacquiao and Crawford having a fight coming up hopefully in June, it's a, it's a little stale right now. I would describe that his body type is like just a hair smaller than the Charlo twins. Yeah. Yeah. He, that's also he, pretty comparable. He is that big the difference is that the Charles are six one. He's like five, 10, five, 11. He's only like two inches shorter than them, but he has a longer reach. Than them. He, he has a 74 inch reach. Yeah. Now let me just explain to people here how long that is. Floyd Mayweather has an question, unquestionably long reach for 72 for a guy, his size at five, eight. That's why Floyd was one of the reasons why Floyd is so dominant. Because of the fact that his speed, but having that long reach, when he threw his lead right or his jab, you weren't getting that airspace. So when he popped you, you were scared to get caught because of that speed. So with Dron Ian's, you're throwing another two inches on that. He's bigger. He just has this bigger bust size. His chest was freaking massive. By the third round, flipping his face looked like he had been in a nine-round fight. And the first round dedicated to the freaking body, man. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I was literally looking. I had to rewind back the tape. I was like, Wait a minute here. Wait, how many times did he get hit in the face? Why he was puffy, he was red, and you can tell that the starch was out of him by the end of that third round. You can tell him he was walking back to the corner. I was like, he's done. He's just fighting on pride right now, you know. So so let's, let's let's talk about this a little bit here. Trajectory and stuff for the rest of his, you know, for the say for the rest of the year, right? So we've seen him maybe fight once or twice more before the year is over. I mean, what do you see coming up uh for this year? Who he could be possibly fight, who we would want to see him fight. I know there's one name we talked about wanting to see him fight because it'd be kind mm-hmm. of interesting. But then moving on from there, what do you think it looks like? See, here's the thing that bothers me about the fight that he gave. See, he didn't do this fight against a nobody or like another up-and-coming prospect. He did this against a former title holder who all the guys he fought, it was battles. Mm-hmm. Mikey Garcia, you know, only, that's the only time that he was actually down his career against Mikey Garcia. Garcia put him down for the first time. But he's fought guys, and there's been wars back and forth for that. Man, you if you didn't bring your A game, he was hurting you. So he scared guys this weekend. Like, first you see this kid, and he's like 74-inch reach. This guy's going to be a junior middleweight, middleweight, a big young kid, and eh, whatever. And then you see him destroy a fir- former title holder like that, and it's like, wait a minute. So off the rip, everybody knows I'm a big Earl Spence fan, and he is not fighting Earl Spence, even though they're fighting basically under the same banner. <sighs> I hate to say this. I'm not even dogging my boy Earl. I just do not see him taking that kind of gamble right now. You know, he's he's going after uh, you guys uh, in the next few months here to get the, his third title. After that, then, I mean, you know, who who, who would he want to fight? I don't see him fighting against a young guy who got no credentials. I would see him. I actually would see him fighting Thurman before he would fight him. It's just too dangerous to fight for Spence right now. So that sucks for me right now to see that. So who's next? Who, who has the other belt? Bud Crawford. That's not happening right now because that's top rank. And, of course, it's PBC. He's on Showtime right now. And so we don't see that happen. If anything, Bud would fight Virgil Ortiz first before he fought a young guy like that. You yep. know, because we just saw Ortiz just recently. And, and how Crawford they and Spence were both there while they didn't yeah. fight against Hooker. So we saw that showcase right now, right? And plus, Virgil Ortiz has been getting a, a more push under Oscar than uh, Jerron Ian has been getting that push with uh, Al Heyman and PBC. He's still young, and they've been moved. Even though he's 27-0, and 0, he even has heard the fanfare about him right right now right so i threw away all the title holders right now right mm-hmm. so who could he fight next thurman thurman thirsty as hell he's been calling spence out and everybody for a fight and he can't get one because everybody's pissed off at thurman for the way he treated everybody when he was title yep. he, he fought once or twice a year uh, let me just say this right here for people to understand that i am not dogging out thurman for not being a good fighter he's a damn good fighter he's not great 
I reserve great for certain people. Manny's great. Floyd's great. Uh, Andre Ward's great. Guys like that, right? He's good, you know. But you can't act like you're Floyd or Manny Pacquiao and then dictate these terms, and then you and then you don't fight these guys. You have all these injuries. You come back, and now you wonder why no one wants to fucking fight you. You know what I'm saying? You you burned your bridges. No one want to rock with you right now. You know you got to rebuild yourself. So would Thurman fight him? Uh, if he's if he's thirsty, but I don't think he's that thirsty. Who's next? Uh, man, let's go down the list here. I had a list here. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, Manny Pacquiao? No, you ain't finding Manny. We already we already know what Manny Manny's going. Let's just throw Manny out the door. He ain't happening here. What about Porter? There? Sean Porter is the only name that I see. That'd be entertaining. And not even next. Not even next. I could see Porter next year. Next Por- year, yeah. Because Porter is still angling for the top fights right now. He's not looking to fight a guy who just barely, not saying barely, he just broke the, the top 10. He's- Sean would rather do broadcasting at this point and wait for that opportunity at this point instead of taking a risk right now. With yeah, this. This, he, is a, this is a risky fight. Yeah. He is a risky fighter Sean, for any of the top hey, guys. Let me just put it out there. Sean Porter, a thug. He'll fight anybody. I'm going to put it out Porter there. will do it. Porter yeah. will do it. But, I, but, but I think you're right, though. I think he'll wait to see what the outcomes look like to see if there's any opportunity for a big fight. And if he can't land any of those big fights, then 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 possibly, right? I could probably see it maybe like at the, sec- at the end of the year. Let's keep it 100 here. I could see here's how we're well, here's where Porter's uh, gonna react right now. I could see Porter fighting Thurman again because that could be a big money fight for him. Um, he tried for Manny, and of course, Manny's going a different direction. I could see him waiting out and getting his rematch with Spence. Spence could beat you. Got remember there was, there was literally talk about being run back between Spence and Sean Porter. And it didn't happen because, you know, Manny got stripped of his title. And then when that happened, then Spence went to the direction of trying to go for another unification here. Yeah. So I could literally see Porter waiting out and getting Spence by the end of the year to do another rematch on that because he's ranked in the WBC side. He could push for Bud Crawford, but we see what Bud's doing right now. So Porter's angling for a title fight. And then I could see him doing the balls of I haven't paid him enough money to go ahead and get in the ring with him, you know, to put, to put this young stud back if he could put him back. But when I look at this top 10, like I'm actually looking at um, I'm looking at Bad Love Hooks rankings right now. I'm not going by ESPN rankings like Mikey Garcia. Eh, Mikey Garcia ain't touching him. man. Mikey mm. Garcia would get stopped as much as the Mikey Garcia is a good fighter. Welterweight is too big for him. And this guy's bigger than Spence. Exactly. That's not happening. And so like Virgil Ortiz, I was mentioning earlier, like Virgil Ortiz would be a like back in the day, you would see fights like this where the young prospect, young prospects, prospects or they're not a prospect, they're, they're right on the cusp of being that championship caliber fighter. And you would see those two young guys fight you in the 80s and early 90s. You would see fights like this all the time. Yep. You don't see it now because that loss is detrimental. You lose this fight, you're going way back down. It's about two or three years before you can build yourself back up. So, and on, on top of that, too, that's Oscar's fighter and it's Al Heyman. No, Oscar ain't going to work with Al Heyman like that. Yep. So, no. so, so here, so here's Danny Garcia. See it, but he's going to 154. But Garcia will get put in re- retirement. I think the way he looked against Spence, I Enos does is young and don't care. He had there's ignorance in him where he will see Garcia and say, "I am not Spence," and I will just hurt him. <laughs> so, so let me see this. So, so if we're looking at 147 and we're now we're not seeing any real potential fights upcoming stuff. What do you think of this prospect of him maybe even dallying between 147 and 154? Because nope. I think I can see him doing both. Nope. Know why I say that? Because they already got a game plan for him. He's not going back and forth. He's not going to jump uh, like that. He's going to play the Al Hammond card, and he's going to take the fights that's going to be there. So he's going to probably fight another. He he probably fight a top twenty. Since these um, I, I listed top ten welterweights, he's not going to get in the ring with this year. He's going to fight someone in the top twenty, anywhere from eleven to twenty ranked guys, one or two more times this year. Um, 154 is not happening. He's gonna he's gonna do those fights, and then eventually Spence is gonna go to 154. He's gonna have three belts before the sometimes out. Spence is gonna lose one of those belts if he don't fight Crawford. It's gonna get stripped eventually. So I say by next year he's gonna angle for a fight. Spence dumps a belt or two, and then he's gonna fight for a vacant title. But he is he is. They have talked about him settling at welterweight. Reason why I, I'm gonna firmly disagree on junior middleweight because it's. You have those guys there, but it's not a money division. And Heyman has guys there that he's not trying to put together to ruin the nest egg up. He's got one Charlo brothers about to go for all four belts there. You know what I'm saying? And so he's not going to get a Charlo brother. He's going to have all the belts. He is not getting that fight right now. That's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. 
You know, he is going to stay at welterweight for at least two to three years. That's the game plan for this kid. And so when you're Al Heyman and you got the Charlos and then you're going to have Errol Spence go to 154, he ain't going to, if he can't get Spence at welterweight, he's not going to get Spence at 154 when that happens. So who's left at 154 then? If he, if he goes there, then he's not going to fight a guy like Lara. Lara wouldn't take that fight probably because you know that if he gets stomped by this kid, that's it for him. You know, there's so many older guys that would not take this kind of fight. So for him and what they've already talked about, he's young and they're going to groom him at welterweight until he can't make welterweight no more. I think what's going to happen at welterweight, I mean, and right now he's 23 years old. I wanted to confirm that I was looking at my phone, just double checking to get his age correctly. So him and Virgil Ortiz are both 23 years old and stuff. So here's, I, I, I tend to agree with what you're saying right there with the with the game plan and stuff. I just I I've been saying I think for like the longest time and stuff. When a lot of the welterweights all signed up with PBC and Al Heyman and stuff, I, I've hated the way some of the hunger out of like say of a Danny Garcia who had a lot of hunger before he joined the PBC just kind of like went out the window. No, it, let me correct it, you. It, it, let me correct it, you. He didn't join the PBC. He's always been there. See, I, I just want to make sure he's always been there because Al Heyman's always been. He's always been Al Heyman. It's just the oh. way the top part is the promotional as a golden boy and then it turned to PBC. So I just wanted to correct you on that because he's all because some might say he's always been with Al Heyman. Agreed. Agreed. But I think I, I, I think those details are minute in this, in this example. I'm not saying they're not wrong. I'm just saying. And let me just say this, too. They they fight. They these guys this past era just follow Floyd Mayweather. They they and thought they, they so thought they can. It's, it's not the PBC. It's these guys. They think they, they fought two times a year, make and huge purses, I, and then they got static because they weren't repetitious, and they it, and then they weren't fighting. And that's what regularly. I worry about. And that's what I worry about with you. So that's not PBC. That's just the top guys doing what they're I doing, agree. following Floyd. I agree, but I also think that's what's going to probably happen with Enos. If he ain't fighting one more, if he fights one more time this year, but. To me, like he's young enough, he should be fighting three times this year. When's your oh, he's fight. He got twenty seven fights in his career. Twenty at twenty three. Okay. I mean, no, he's at twenty eight because he has one no contest in December. Yeah. So he has twenty eight fights already. So he's active. Yeah, he's, he's getting a, to work. It. It's just what we're talking about is will he get a title fight against the top guys? And that's what I'm saying. So by the time he actually gets to a point where it might be a title fight, right? So right, like say he's twenty three right now. So when do you think it'll be a first title fight? Be like twenty five, right? The earliest. See, it's April right now, and he was considered a prospect year this past year. So knowing the landscape, he'll probably get a title fight next year or depending on how Al Heyman does it since it's only April, he'll have one more fight. I know at least this year, then maybe he angles for an interim title, but if he angles for an interim title, that means that he's going to be an interim against Errol Spence. So that's why I'm saying that I do not see him even fighting for an interim fight until maybe early next year. He's going to get at least one more fight in, and then that next fight will be, after that, it'll be an, another top 10 guy, hopefully, and then he'll, by 2021, we'll see him making strides if he doesn't fall off. And that's where I, I, I get annoyed, because I, I kind of wish he was already kind of, like like I said, possibly lining himself up to get to a point where he can start fighting somebody on the within the top 10 instead of fighting the lower half of the 20, basically. I th That's where I'm getting at. Because mm -hmm. to me, he looked good enough, really damn good, that I mean, you have to agree. At some point, he should already be looking to start fighting guys within the top ten, not the bottom half. And that's the part where I'm oh yeah, be, you he would want. I, I'm I, I, would, I would love his that. first. I would love his next fight would be anybody in the top ten. It's just the fact that you're not going to get these guys in the ring. You, I, I mean, he what he did is classic boogeyman syndrome. You beat a guy who guys normally don't want to fight. Like okay, I you no one's fight Sergey Lipinets. He's he's a guy that he could beat you at any given night. He comes and's in your chest, and he's going to give you twelve hard freaking rounds. You know, mm -hmm. he he's a guy that you don't want to be in a ring with unless you have to be and then the fact that he just destroyed him in six rounds so you I transfer mean, boogeyman status from one person to another that's yeah that's, but that's, this is worse though because he's bigger taller longer younger and just as fast or faster than every welterweight out there let's keep it on like 23 years old all the top pro I mean, besides virgil ortiz ain't younger than him right mm -hmm. who has a 74 inch reach no one Oh, who was who's bigger than him? You oh. know, like Spence is the closest guy I can say that as size wise is, but he's small, but he's bigger than Spence. So you got bigger, longer, taller, stronger, and and he's a young kid who's just like he's green and ready. Okay, Man, you, you want to wait that kid out as long as possible. Okay, no, so okay. So say this year, if he's fighting twice this year, one of these two fights, how do you feel about Adrian Broner with him? Oh, Broner ain't taking that fight. Then I then I think and that, this and, is, that, and then this, this is not on like Alhan. This is just 
Broner being bro, you had to pay Broner ten million for that one. Then and this is why I this I get annoyed with. And here's the thing, too. That's a mismatch. I as much as I agree with the mismatch. I believe to me, Enos is a mismatch for anybody to me in the bottom half of the twenty. So to me, I'm gonna be pretty annoyed the rest of the year watching a good fighter. If you're Al Hammond, you want to do that because you know that Broner is your cash cow. And as much as you love Enos, Enos doesn't have that mouthpiece. He's a young kid who's he's he's happy to be on the stage now. He he doesn't have that person. He is a young, good personality. He doesn't have the box of personality yet that Broner has. So uh, I'm just saying from an Al Heyman standpoint, you make a lot of money off, off Broner. You're like, if I give Enos to Broner, man, Broner is going to retire. Hey, it's it's over for me, him. I, no, no, no. Seriously, you, you, <laughs> you, you, you many fans will jump on Enos right now if he beats the shit out of Broner? Oh, like, come on. There, there'll be a lot of fans. There'll be a whole new shitload of fans. Casual and boxing fan alike, hardcore fan alike, who would love to, I, I to mean, see that. Who would love to see that. It's, look, Maidana was the same way. Maidana beat the shit out of Broner. That man gained star status so quick. He ended up fighting it, Floyd Mayweather. They got him two Floyd fights. Exactly. So to me, Enos, no different. I don't need Enos to be a big man. I just need him to get beat Broner's ass. And that and that would be just fine for me. I'm I'm already on board. Yeah, I know, but now no, be but, now, be but saying, you know what though, Broner be like, I need ten million for this fight. And I you know I don't blame Broner because this is gonna be he is not gonna be the same after that fight. So he who gets stop. I mean, literally, if we look at the top, if you start naming names, top fifteen, top twenty. I, I, he beats anybody in the top the 11 to 20. Uh, 11 if he throw 20, it out, there. he beats him exactly. Yeah. So and then too. if we look at Mikey Garcia, he beats him. Uh, uh, Virgil Ortiz, I think he beats him too. 50 50. I could say it's 50 50 fight. I'm high on Virgil Ortiz, not high, but I'm, I'm, I like him, but I would favor Enos, but I'd make that a 50 50 fight because they're both young, right? The Enos they, that came in the ring the other night, mm-hmm. yes, would yeah, be Virgil I would, Ortiz. I would favor it, but still make it a 50 50 fight. That's sure, what I'm saying. Sure. Though. But the, Mike, Danny Garcia, he beats Danny Garcia. Yeah. Uh, you guys, I think that'd be a tough fight for him. For you guys, I you know I've seen you guys. Oh, I think he. I thought he beat Sean Porter. I must say that again. You guys, I thought he beat Sean Porter. Porter got the gift win that Joe Smith got this weekend. Okay, you know I that's you. that's the same thing. You know, like that. Same so then, yep. so then, if I look at matter of fact, I know I'm not trying to jump the gun here. I'm looking at this list here, and the only people that I can see that can beat Enos right now is Spence Crawford, Pacquiao, and and Porter. Yeah. So to me, and 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 in about two years, I would say that it's a 50-50 fight for all. And then matter of fact, n- by next year, he could clean out Manny. I'm saying Manny right now because the way he looked, but next year, because how big he is, I think he would destroy Manny. And then in about a year and a half, I would say it's 50-50, or he could beat all these guys. I would say he'd that's be how more, high I'm on Enos. I'd, I'd, I am I'd, that high. That's what I'm saying. I'd be more, I'd, I'd, I'd be even higher on that, honestly, because most of these are good. Two years from now. The man's gonna be twenty five years old. Most guys gonna be in their mid thirties and stuff. Nah, I, I, they're in their thirties. Bud and Spencer are in their thirties already. Yeah, exactly, so they'll be in their mid thirties. Going. Porter's already in his thirties already too. Yeah, exactly. Manny's in forty three. Exactly. So the nah, is in his thirties. Danny so, Garcia's in his thirties. So, Everybody's so, in their thirties except for Virgil Ortiz. So, so to me, they're, they're so, so that's some things. For me, Enos is gonna be fighting guys. What they're in their career and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, to me, that's why he's not gonna get these guys. And that to me, the most exciting okay. person he gets to fight right now is Virgil Ortiz. That's the guy, that, that's actually the fight I'd rather see and right now. The problem is he's on Golden. And that's so to my now, uh, so welterweight, as nice as it sounds and looks, it sucks to me. It really sucks. It's not the it's it's, it's my good, fa- it's, my it's good and the, bad. How about it's no, good no, and bad? It's it, it's it's good on paper, mm-hmm. it's bad situation all the way yeah. around, and I and I can't stand it because I love the welterweight division. It was my division growing up as a kid watching fights, mm-hmm. it was like that. Through our heyday when we first met and stuff, Walter was our entire era right there. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, I you know, I it's it, it's more personal for me, and it kind of pisses me off that you know we're in the situation right now with just. You send me the text. You know who's who's going to duck him now at welterweight. You send me that text and, first, and I said, you know what, you're right. And here's who's the thing too: everybody knows I'm a big Errol Spence fan. I am huge. You know, I met him when he was a prospect, younger than um, younger than Enos. And as much as I can say that, hey, throw me under the bus. I'm a fanboy for Errol Spence. I really would. I don't see my man fighting him right now. Like he's going to get the third title, you know, if he beats you guys. And then the money fight. Hopefully, he fights. And like the main thing, we want him to fight Crawford. Mm-hmm. You know, and if he fights Crawford and he has all the four belts, he has nothing to prove at welterweight then. And then he would just leave and go to junior middleweight. And who knows if he had the fight with the child. I know they're best friends. I don't see that happening because he trains with one of them. They had the same trainer. So I don't know how that goes. But maybe the other child goes to 160 when he goes 154. They got this whole thing planned out. But as much as I love Spence, man, I just Enos is. I mean, I'm, I have a very good eye for young talent. I've noticed for boxers and I am buying stock on Enos. I bought stock already, but I'm literally taking the stimulus check 
and I'm putting it, I'm putting, I'm taking the whole check on Enos. That's how I, I feel about I, it. I, look, I buy stock in them. What I'm not excited about is that once these guys get a little bit more past their prime and stuff and they're on their way out to the end of their career and stuff, there's not going to be a lot, a lot of fights. Those are what's going to dry up at a point where Enos becomes the man. And it's, it'll recycle though we said all the time yeah, we, 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 we worry that what's going to happen then next you know the, the the sport brings new guys that we're following because otherwise we wouldn't be following the sport now. agreed 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 but there's, there's there's certain times you can see it right right now with the lightweight division is there right now where it's it's, it's kind of you know it's, it's it's where all the fights the potential fights could be made but nobody's freaking fighting each other this is kind of like basically what it is right now but this is all based on business why they're not fighting each other which is it sucks pisses me off but i'm buying stick on i'm buying stock on Enos, he is the next up and coming welterweight. I said it. He is. He's going to be a future title holder. I am putting that Agreed. stock there. He's going to be the top man in welterweight in the next few years. I'm putting that yes. barring injuries or him catching a case or doing some crazy janky stuff. Don't okay, do anything stupid. It's boxing, so we got to put that out there. Yeah, as long as he does nothing <laughs> stupid, he'll be fine. And we can talk to the same broker, get some stock on that guy because he's yeah, I'm high on him as well. He's he's a he looks very promising and stuff. Just, you know, wish he was uh, more lined up for better fights in the future than what's going on. Yeah. So let's transition to our next subject here. This is actually going to go to our last episode, Jorge. This is actually more a personal discussion. <laughs> oh, I know where we're going. Personal people here. For our new subscribers, If, if a lot of new subscribers came because of the last few shows that we dropped. Uh we were talking about Tiafimo Lopez, and we dropped the whole uh, episode. And then uh, I did some editing and chopped up a portion about was Bob Arum being petty to Tiafimo Lopez. And I will put that right up here as I'm pointing here when I edit this video, and so you can click on that here. And uh, for all the boxing now fans, this video has been our most commented and crazy hated video of all time how does it feel to be ratio man happy ratio day to you man to you too it was this excellent. ain't all about me it's about you too hey I, 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 I said we're in this together I said, yeah. to you. come on hey, man you know, we, we, hey we're we, sharing it together share share alike baby hey look look i had a, had a nice you know it was, it was it was a nice warm feeling in my heart that we got ratioed man so just let everybody i appreciate you. it I, I, I look i asked for it i said like or dislike tell us why you dislike mm -hmm. you provide some comments and stuff I'll take it. I'll run with it. That's what I wanted, right? Because at least I want to be able to have some dialogue with our listeners. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but, but but unfortunately, some of those listeners like to delete their comments, which man. bugs the hell out of me. And it actually, were pretty funny the ones that you were rattling off to me. That, that that had me cracking up on the text. Sorry, I'm trying to get my iPad together. But let me just level set here. We had several comments, and why y'all deleting comments, people? If you felt that personal about what me and Papo said, keep them on there because you know I still get the notifications and I still see what you said. One comment actually said, I don't know if it was directed toward me or you, to tell us to get off Bob Aram's tit. Damn. I mean, he is 90 side. He does probably got saggy titties. You could even tell me about a left or a right tit. Come on, at least give me at least the details on the which tit you want me to get off of. What the fuck? Yeah, you know, so uh <sighs> um, another comment was telling me that telling us to well, we stop making videos. Oh, that one made me laugh too because the fear response was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, we we I li we li I literally dropped like two more videos after that. And I said, hey, if you don't like it, don't watch. Uh another person was calling us cornballs. All right. You know, I just want to ask people, what did me or Papo say that was wrong? Because Lopez is trying to fight on June 5th. And if Bud Crawford and Manny Pacquiao happens on June 5th, who in the boxing world is ordering Tiafimo Lopez's fight outside of Tiafimo Lopez's family and friends? And I think they might buy the other fight too as well. Because they're going to be at the fight, so they probably won't be buying the fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because price tags matter. I mean, sometimes, you know, if you have the money to buy both, and but you're, which one are you going to watch, right? You can buy both, but which one are you going to watch? Which one are you going to spend the time watching, right? Which one are you going to TiVo? And which one you're going to you're gonna spend there, put your eyeballs on and stuff. And at the end of the day, if, I, if, I got, you know, if I'm paying for both the same day, I'm watching the Pacquiao fight with, Bra with Crawford, and I'm TiVoing the other one. I'll watch you on Saturday night. I'll catch you Sunday morning. That, that's just real. That's just being real, folks. Yeah. You know, that's not, there's nothing. Hey, 
I've been high on Teofimo <laughs> since he beat Lomachenko. Watch any of the past episodes and our early, especially our earliest shows and stuff. I'm high on Teofimo. I think he's a great fighter. I understand. We, uh, besides that last segment, every single segment or show about Teofimo Lopez has been 100% positive. Exactly. Positive. And that this is what killed me about boxing fans. I thought it was just a few uh, barbershops that I attended over my youth and years where that I've always been the boxing guy. Right. Mm -hmm. I come in, I talk boxing. I know I'm talking about people would debate me. And of course, they will say I'm wrong at times because they're personal about it. And then I'll come back weeks or months later. And like, hey, when I write, you know, because I'm I know boxing like other guys may know basketball, football. I was the boxing guy. And I come to realize that doing this podcast here, everybody's like the barbershops. There's only so many people that are very knowledgeable about the sport who follow it like us diehards and because the way the sport is lined up. And then everybody else is casuals who don't know jack about boxing, like the skit that Kevin Hart did with uh, Roger Mayweather. You know, talking about people don't know, about you know shit about boxing. It is a fact because I'm just trying to figure out every negative comment I literally posted on the page. I'm like, hey, guys, what did we say that was often wrong besides you guys being emotional? Because you guys are acting very Eric Benet, very emotional right now. You know, if you don't know who Eric Benet is, look him up. He's Holly Berry's ex-husband. Very emotional. That's how y'all acting right now. Yeah, just uh, like I said, I always said, like, dislike, provide us some feedback. Something we can have some dialogue on on the chat. I, I, not, on the I comments love thing. the comment and chat with you guys. But just if you're going to cut, here's what I'm going to say. I'm cutting and run. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to drop a comment, stand by it. I still got the notifications. Matter of fact, I might just go pull up the comments and then look for y'all page and then and hit y'all up. Because I still have them saved here. Just because you delete it don't mean the owner don't see it. So if y'all don't like it, then don't comment. But stand by your word if you think that. And then for the people that call us cornballs, what we're talking about, I just want to ask, what did we say that was wrong? Literally, the point that we were bringing out is the fact that Tiafima Lopez got his money. We did a whole episode called He Got the Bag. We were happy for him. Bob Arum offered $2 million for this mandatory fight. And then Eddie Hearn, he would have got $3 million if Eddie if he rocked with Eddie Hearn. Mm -hmm. But then Thriller came in and dropped $6 million and $18,000 on him. Yeah, good for no, him. You no, you, you figured out the landscape. You figured out that there was another player in town that wasn't in town last year. And they cut a check. Hey, I'm happy for you. But why is it in business? You know, people don't understand that. At the end of the day, you still got to rock with the guys you got to rock with. Mm -hmm. And you have a business relationship. And being personal, here's one thing I want to bring out. Tiafima Lopez, him and his dad are being personal in their attacks to Bob Arum. You won. You got the purse bid and got paid. So if you're, it's, it's all about promoting. There's different ways of promoting than going after your boss. And that's the point I'm saying, though, because you're having a fight Tuesday, June 5th. If Manny Pacquiao and Terrence Crawford is finalized on June 5th, you're not going to be fighting on pay-per-view no time soon unless it's another A-side. You're not going to be able to carry on the pay-per-view unless Thriller's going to overpay again. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's a whole different ballgame if Thriller's going to overpay. Get your money. But if you're going by the merits without Thriller for pay-per-view, it ain't going to happen. Because yeah. if Manny Pacquiao and Bud happen, it's going to buy, it's going to drive all the subscription buys to that boxing pay-per-view that night. I'm not even thinking of T. Fimo Lopez and Thriller and Justin Bieber and everybody who's going to be performing that night. I'm worried about if Bud is going to retire Manny or if Manny got anything left in the take to fight Spence by next year. That's literally what, what I'm I'm literally looking at storylines already. Does he retire Manny and does he get a chance to finally say, hey, I'm worthy of 50 against Spence? Or if he turns back the clock again and beats Bud and says, you know what? I got one more paycheck in me to go after Spence now. That's the storyline, people. But we're and, 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 and Lopez is not there if that fight happens June 5th. So where am I wrong? So, so I, you know, to kind of backtrack a bit, where were you guys when 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 we were praising Tiafimo? Oh, where, where that's what. Where were the comments? Where were the comments for Tiafimo? Look, I like at the end of the day, were we on Bob Arum's tip then when we said he got the bag exactly. and he recognized it and said, "Yo, Arum, two, we got this six now." <laughs> so, so, like I said, I look. I, I appreciate the likes. I appreciate this. Oh, like, yeah, all, yeah. All, all your it's comments. It's funny. I appreciate it. I want them. Keep them coming. I want. But let's have a dialogue, and then if you think we're wrong, we have. Go to our channel, visit the prior episode, go to the archives. They're there. You'll see anything and anything we ever everything we've ever said positive about Teofimo, especially after he beat Lomachenko. Look, the man deserves a praise where praise is due. This video was nothing about Teofimo doing anything bad. This is about being Bob and being petty from a business point of view. He took the business side and said, I'm gonna be petty mm -hmm. with this possible June fight announcement of the fight. Exactly. So to me, that is where 
the comments didn't make sense with the video itself, yeah. right? You didn't listen. Here's what here's what I noticed. Your fanboys of Tiafima Lopez, you heard negativity or the tone negative, and you all man went defensive without even listening or paid attention, or maybe you listened, didn't care. You just rock up that dude. And that's a lot of boxing fans. And it, that was going on heavy during the Maddie Floyd era. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could admit that, you know, like I'm a Floyd Mayweather fan, right? But I've always been on the record that both of them, Floyd and Al Heyman and Manny and Bob Arum, were the reasons it didn't happen. It wasn't one side or it was maybe in 2010, it was all Floyd. And then 2011, it was all Manny. Until it went back and forth. But you never saw me saying, oh, it don't matter because it's all about Floyd, blah, blah, blah. You don't know it's Manny. I was like, no, I've never been that way. I'm never going to be a fanboy where I see something and to be like, Oh, you're on this tit. Tell us what tell us what we said was wrong. That's all I'm saying. Like, I love debate and the banter with the people. If y'all don't call me out and say I'm a cornball, hey, that's funny, man. Just tell me why I was a cornball and what I said was wrong. And if you say that, and if I'm wrong, I'll own it. Be like, you know what? I was a cornball. Y'all got me. But if you tell me I'm a cornball and then get mad, and then you're saying that what's going on with Shakur? Oh, one other point, too. One of the comments, they were saying that uh Bob Aaron was violating Shakira Stevenson. <sighs> First of all, people, this all stemmed from the rankings and on the TV screen last week, right? And didn't have Shakira Stevenson in the top 10 of their TV rankings. Sure. If you go to ESPN, Shakira's ranked number three on the website, which matters. What happened, though, is that the production forgot to add Shakira Stevenson, the graphics on the screen. Now, some people may say that's Bob Aram and that's ESPN. I've seen even other videos. I'm not going to name their, uh, the channels who are saying that this is Bob Aram and ESPN disrespecting Shakira Stevenson. I'm like, no, that's their own guy. They make money off. It's not doing that. Exactly. If you follow ESPN, their graphics department is always effing up all the time. I literally watched football. I don't know how many times this year and saw the graphics department wrong on Sunday, uh, Sunday footballs. I seen the graphics wrong two weeks ago for NBA basketball. And then, as a matter of fact, I saw graphics wrong last year for boxing events. Sports that, Center gets it wrong all, all the, the, the time. time, all the time so, for years, decades of this stuff. So time. here's the, and I've, and I'm, I've seen this. I've seen several arguments back and forth. But I'm not going to get into it this this pod here, but ESPN is not disrespecting uh, Shakur Stevenson. There, I, I can understand how people may feel about black boxers and slick fighters like him, and how we have black people have been, you know, treated a certain way, especially in the, in the boxing game. But this is I have seen numerous times. This is just the ESPN graphics department making an effed up situation. What matters is that he is on ESPN.com and all the rankings rank number three. Exactly. And, that's now, the number and, that I, and here's the thing. I ain't mad. At, and here's the thing. Shakur Stevenson, you're supposed to be mad. ESPN messed up. So holler at them. So whoever works the graphics department gets suspended so they can do their job right. Exactly. <laughs> hold somebody accountable, right? If you got you to hold them accountable so they can hold somebody accountable. So let the, let the fans do it for you. And one more thing I wanted to backtrack to the point about listening stuff. My dad said something to me back when I was growing up and stuff. He's like, you know what? Listening's a skill, son. That is absolutely right. Shout out to my pops right there. <laughs> listening is a skill. So listen to the video, listen to it wisely, and listen to everything in our archives if you're unsure about how we feel about a certain fighter and stuff. And then come holler at us in the comment section and stuff. And do dialogue with us. Don't delete the comments. Yeah. Let's, let's have the dialogue. Let's talk it out. Here's the thing. I was just going to comment on people saying we're cornballs and laughing at but with the deleted comments, that's what made me want to talk about this here because – we're gonna keep doing this show here, and we know we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna have shows where at we're gonna be so positive with that. No, I mean I comment. We're gonna ruffle feathers. Yeah, gonna and then there's gonna be times we ruffle feathers, right? I'm just saying that if you're gonna comment, just stick to your guns and just drop those lines and stick with it. I respect y'all because you know what's gonna happen. I'm a troll. I know the people who delete it now. I'm gonna come after y'all and say, you know what? Repost it. I want to see y'all man enough to me come out and want to see how bold you are to repost it, and then I'm gonna respond back to you. You had you had time to watch it, so that's all I wanted to say on that. I just think that's funny how boxing fans can be that way, man. Like, yo, you really just gonna think we just riding for Bob Arum like that? No, how many times have I dog Bob Arum about? I, I respect him as a businessman, but when he's wrong, he's wrong. And like I said in the, the last podcast, look at the end of the day, you, you hate him or hate, love him or hate him, he's still yeah. boxing royalty. He's been around for decades. You know, he's not going anywhere. And here's the thing: he f's up too, and I'll call him out when he f's up. Yep. I, I admitted that he's even admitted. I talk about the Floyd Mayweather situation when Floyd bought his contract for six, seven hundred thousand dollars, and how he was trying to promote promote him like Sugar Ray Leonard, and it failed. It failed miserably. So we'll call him out when we call him out. But I we called out Lopez for bad business, not being a bad fighter. Exactly. That was the point. Two different things, there, guys. Yeah. 
So on that note, Jorge, we're going to close out here, man. Well, I wanted to talk longer on that, but the Jerron Enos talk got a little bit longer. In the no, 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 yeah, because, because yeah. I think because that, that, now that we kind of dived in a little bit deeper there, there was some, yeah. uh, more stuff we can, we actually yeah. talked about that made more sense there. But, um, for, but for future boxing fans, leave the comments. We will interact with it. Don't think we want to. And here's the thing. I'm not, we won't be disrespectful. We'll, we'll keep it clean. But if y'all can be dirty, we'll, we'll come at y'all too. But just leave the comments there. I respect y'all. Just leave them there. Don't delete them. Yep. Yep. If we get a hold on to, you know, or if our stuff lives out there forever in the ether, so do yours. Mm-hmm. Just, just be upfront with like we are. So on that note, people, we're about to get out of here. So click on like and subscribe at the bell notification for YouTube. Uh, if on the other audio podcast, like, also subscribe. Give us five stars. Don't give us four stars. We think you're a hater. You know what I'm saying? Also, too, check me out on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Central Time on YouTube as well. Jump off lives to other podcasts we do. With my fellas, J.D., John, and Jeff Smith here. Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Jorge, what you got? Uh, live underscore Dominoes is the Twitch channel you can find in, uh, on Twitch. Uh, Wednesdays, uh, we take the show on the road. We're in Chicago. PL Lounge, 3456 North Pulaski. Stream starts at 8 p.m. Central. You can get there as early as 6 o'clock to grab drinks, food, uh, mingle with the crowd, play some dominoes, and uh, you know, get into the stream, hopefully. Uh, and then on Thursdays and Saturdays at our usual location, La Taberna, at 8 p.m. Central, uh, Thursdays and Saturdays. So, uh See us, yeah, look for us there, live underscore dominoes. Yeah, so we're going to close out here for BNP Boxing Now podcast. We'll be back uh, with more episodes uh, in the next week or so, so just keep following us. You're going to see the full podcast. You'll see the clips as well. So for Papo, I'm that dude named Dave, and we'll be back next time. Check you later, people. And for the haters, Lopez fans, we'll check for y'all too. Stay safe, guys. Thank you. Thank you.